Hello, everyone. This is Rick with the CyberPro Podcast. Industry leaders share their insights. It's about five questions in nine minutes because hackers never sleep. Let's get to it. Brian, first question, who are you and what do you do? Hey, thanks, Rick. Uh, thanks thanks for having me on the show. This, this is fun. Uh, my name is Brian Smith. I'm CTO and founder of SpiderBat. Uh, most of my career in cybersecurity, security, which has been about 20 years now, I've been focusing on runtime security. Because uh, cybersecurity is a giant field, and so that, that's kind of been my area of focus. That started back in the day of the worms around 2000 with Tipping Point and the Intrusion Prevention Systems. So I was one of the founders of Tipping Point. Um, one of the eh, you know heads of the Tipping Point Mafia, as we call it now, <laughs> because it's been fun watching all the people that work there go into their various uh, careers acro across cybersecurity. And uh, then I moved on to a second company, Click Security that we founded that uh, we sold to Alert Logic, and now I'm working on, on SpiderBat, which is focused around cloud-native runtime security. Man, I can, and you can see the the transition and evolution of your career as we've evolved into the cloud. So that's that's really neat. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been quite the quite the journey. That's awesome. So second question is going to be a two part question for you. You've got 20 years of experience as a cyber professional, so. I'd love to know why you love being a cyber professional, but you've also got 20 years of experience being an entrepreneur founder. So what do you love about both sides of that house? Yeah. So the, the probably the most fun thing about, about being a cyber professional thing that, well, first of all, the thing that got me into it is I just like building things. Uh, I like building, building systems. And uh, that's why I've never really been attracted to like the policy side of the whole cyber world. Um, governance, risk, complaint, that stuff. I, to me, that sounds boring. Some people are all into it. They're policy wonks, but not me. <laughs> but uh, the, some, one of the most fun things about uh, being a cyber professional is just kind of the mystique that goes around this, which I always find slightly bizarre when you know, you're on the inside and it's kind of normal, but being on the outside, it's, the mystique is kind of, kind of funky. I was coaching a set of uh, high school students in a um, uh, CS club. And they just thought it was the coolest thing ever. They thought I was Mr. Robot or something. <laughs> it was, so I thought that was just hilarious. Uh, being an entrepreneur, I, I just don't like working in large companies. <laughs> so, uh, I like, you know, being, you, as an entrepreneur, you can get so much done so fast. And the amount of leverage you have and the ability to get things done quickly is, is, uh, is great. So that's a lot of what's attracting me to entrepreneurship because I like to build things and you can build things relatively quickly with a fair amount of impact and as an entrepreneur. So, so that's kind of what I got into. I feel like the mystique around it, we both should like go put a hoodie on and, and kind of cover our faces and finish the conversation. <laughs> Some guys are like, it's the coolest thing ever. Could you hack into my bank? <laughs> <laughs> So talk to me a little bit about why you think or don't think, whatever you might might have an opinion on, uh, why you think that cybersecurity is a top concern today. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, at least what motivates me is I'm just kind of having been around so much, I realize how precarious in many ways our position is as a, as just as a country and as, as, as an industry, just how easy it is for, for things to go go bad the wrong way if someone, uh, so, you know, some of this was lack of investment for a while. 
And I think that's kind of turned the corner. But the real challenge to me has been just being innovative in these markets because the threats are constantly changing. And yet cybersecurity products are what economists call lemons market. And so that means that there's just a lot of lemons out there. <laughs> so, uh, you know, people promise products that are panaceas and then they convince people to buy them. And then they and when they don't work out, people have kind of egg on their face. It makes them really nervous about trying anything else new. And because of that, they, they go the tried and true methods. And so our, we evolve very slowly. And yet the threats are evolving quickly. And so that's a, that's a real challenge. You really see this in government where it takes years and years for a new kind of standard to get adopted and then work its way through the process. And yet the criminals and the, the, the adversaries are, are going much faster. This has led to this environment where it, we are very precarious. And that's my concern. And that's what, you know, just the, the, I, a lot of concern of the people that I'm around with, uh, hang out with. That's that's kind of what we worry about. Fair. So what insight do you want to share, Brian, with our network of cyber professionals? So like, I mean, this probably doesn't come off as a big surprise, but I've spent a lot of time thinking about runtime security. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> and so a lot of that's been thinking about this, you know, kind of this shift left, shift right. And it's always a pendulum between those two, but the shift left stuff is all about prevention, hardening systems, you know, and versus doing rapid automated detection and response, right? And so which of, which of those is kind of more important? And the answer is they're, they're both, <laughs> is both of them. And the problem is um, there's a misperception that shift left is su sufficient. And that's the one that I think is a little raw. You need mon runtime monitoring as well. And I'm not, that's the, it's something that I think a lot about. So if you think about security vulnerabilities, any writ large, they're really just bugs in processes or software or systems or combinations of things that have security implications. And it could be anything from O-Days to stolen credentials to this combination of features that someone figured out how to use and abuse that you know, no one ever thought of, right? So in regular software development, we have all sorts of processes and testing that tries to eliminate bugs. But I don't know anyone who would go out and say, well, our software ships with no bugs. We don't have to monitor anything. <laughs> right? It's just like insanity. <laughs> and yet there are people I've met in the security world that say, well, we just restart our containers once a day. There is, we're invulnerable. <laughs> so we don't monitor anything. And it's just like, wow. So I think there's, there, it's, 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 and it's not just vanilla monitoring, like watching the CPU for spikes, because you've got adversaries out there who are both trying to find, poke those bugs, not just people running into them accidentally. And then they're actively trying to hide from you. So you need, you know, fairly reasonable monitoring and security, but uh, that's, that's kind of what I've been working on. And I, I realized that this, that it's all kind of connected that observability and detection and prevention and response are all really deeply intertwined. Because if you can, if you really can observe the system, you really know what it's doing. And if you can digest that into a way that security professionals can really understand it, then you're much better at doing prevention and, and at understanding the vulnerabilities. You're much better at doing the response 
you're much better at setting up guardrails to say this application, this is all it should ever do. And if it ever does anything else, scream. <laughs> and then do that and no way. And then you're not trying to like detect the next O day. You're just saying this is what it should do, and anything else is is highly suspicious. Make it really easy for me to respond. That is a different way of thinking about the detection problem than I've than I've seen. And it's both lower, you know, lower noise and much more effective. So it's it's pretty cool. And that's a, a lot of the ideas I've been exploring over the past five years. Very insightful. Brian, the fun and final question for you. Favorite piece of retro technology that makes you smile? This is, this is funny. So uh, this, this is a little off topic <laughs> from cyber, but uh, I, I enjoy cooking a lot. And I grew up kind of poor, you know, just uh, like my family was on food stamps, that kind of thing. And uh, a few years ago, I was, <laughs> I found a KitchenAid stand mixer at a church rummage sale. This thing is ridiculous. <laughs> it's got this motor in it that dims the lights when you turn it on. <laughs> and if I ever need to, if my, my electric car ever, the motor ever goes out, I can just plug the KitchenAid on the back. <laughs> right. I love how oh, ridiculously overbuilt that thing is. <laughs> it's kind of funny. It just makes me smile. Awesome. And it's technology. You don't think about it, but it is truly technology. It was, it was back in the 1960s. That was, you know, the modern technology. Remember, ovens don't clean themselves. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> wait. <laughs> no, that's great. Brian, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, well, thank you, Rick. Thank you for watching the CyberPro Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out on new podcasts and bonus content.